I'm Sue. And I'm Megan, and this is Runner Girls, a podcast by two women brought together by the love of running. Very, very good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is us. We are here. We are training for triathlons. It's so exciting. How are you doing today, Megan? I'm pretty good today. I've been doing things. So I have stuff to talk about. That's exciting. Yay. I feel good about the stuff I did this week. So that's exciting. (laughs) I'm excited to hear it. Can you tell? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, that's good. Um, I'm extra happy today because I have feelings again. (laughs) Yay. Yay. So things are back to normal. Um, I... What else? What is it? What's going on with me? (laughs) You have feelings. You just got overwhelmed. (laughs) Yes. Clearly very overwhelmed. Um, I'm excited because we shut down the pool for the month of August. So right now we're cleaning and painting and running errands and stuff. So my job has been completely different this week. And Uh um, I don't have to work tomorrow. And we're going to go up to camp and visit with Jeff's grandfather, who's up visiting from Florida. And we're going to have lobster dinner. And I'm so excited about that. And it's going to be beautiful weather, you know, 80 and sunny like every day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we did have some thunderstorms last night, but didn't really affect anything. So I'm just, I'm in in a good mood. (laughs) So I'm happy. You're happy. Really excited to talk about training. So let's get into it, okay? Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I will go first. This has been a really solid week so far. I started out Monday with a swim at the pond, and that was about 2,000 yards or a little over. It's like it was the distance of the swim, so like 1.2 miles. Um, And pace was pretty good I mean consistent like in the 220s like always so that was good felt good and then on Tuesday I did my marathon paced run and that was well that I was nervous about because of last week so as you remember last week I completely failed my marathon paced run I couldn't even do one mile at less than marathon pace or slower than marathon pace. Lots of walking last week. So this week, the plan was five miles at marathon pace. But since I didn't do four last week, I was going to go for four. And then if I still felt good, see if I could go for five after that. Um, Well, what I ended up doing, (laughs) I did feel good. It went really well. But um, I ended up running three of my splits like under 10 minutes so like the first one was 9.54 I mean sorry the first one was 10.04 the second was 9.54 third was 9.57 and the fourth was 9.50 and I was like I I knew I should go a tad bit slower but at the same time I was so excited that I was doing it Um, and trying to basically run on effort so after I got to mile four, I, I attempted mile five, and I only got about halfway through. Um, and I averaged 10.05 for that half mile, but then I was like, all right, I want to walk. So I did four and a half miles at marathon pace, and it was really good. Um, super happy with that. And that was 
let's see, that was Tuesday. Um, so I, counting my run and my warm up, I did a little like five and a half miles, something like that. And then Wednesday, I did another swim, open water swim. And I was only going to go for a thousand yards because I did 2000 on Monday and didn't want to like push it. I just wanted to get another swim in. So I was just going to do one loop around the island and I figured I'll take it easy on this one and just focus on my form and not try to like swim as fast as I can. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I always try to do or, you know, always try to swim to the best of my ability anyway. Not necessarily trying to swim fast, if that makes sense. So I was really focusing on form and reaching and taking my time with each stroke. Um, And I ended up having my fastest swim (laughs) and it felt easy. So I averaged 210 per 100 yards. Oh, I wonder if that means that like form matters with swimming and maybe we should be doing that more. Yeah, (laughs) apparently it does. And I I told my boss about it. She's like, oh, yeah, super important. Technique is everything in swimming. I'm like, yeah, looks like that's the case. (laughs) So after that, I was going for a ride and I wanted to bike to work and back, but I knew we were expecting thunderstorms in the afternoon. So I just did a ride before work instead because it was nice in the morning. And I decided I had about an hour to do my workout and thought, you know what? <laughs> I, I need to see the run course for the, ha- for the half iron because I haven't really got a look at that yet. So I'm going <laughs> to bike it. Turns out it's bad. <laughs> So it was slow on my bike. (laughs) Um, Lots of hills, lots of uphills, and lots of long uphills. So not like short little uphills, like rolling hills, not like that. So that was that was a sluggish ride to say the least. Like even like the on the flat land, like near my house when I started, like my legs weren't turning over. And I feel like that's because I haven't been riding as much recently because I was easing up on my training a little bit. So I'm definitely going to be um, increasing the frequency of my rides or the volume or I'm going to do more riding in the next few weeks (laughs) is what I'm getting at. So that was kind of, that was a tough ride, but that was okay. And then today was my speed work. So I had 800s. So I met the 603 group at the track and I had six by 800s. I was going for 432 for each 800 meters, which comes out to be 904 per mile. Okay. And that's like in keeping with the the paces that I've been doing on my prior speed work. So surprisingly today wasn't as terrible as I expected. Yay. Um, yay. Yeah. So like the first set of 800s was like easy. And I did that one in like 423. <laughs> um, after that, they felt harder. <laughs> and I jogged most of my recoveries. So like each track workout, I've been trying to jog as much of the recovery as possible. And today I had like the least amount of, of walking during recovery. Um, so that was good. And yeah, my, my splits were pretty consistent. I had, well, 423 on the first one. And then 432, 434, 432, 426, but that one got interrupted by a group picture, so that's not (laughs) accurate. And then the last one was 431. Oh, and then something else fun that happened. During that run, I ran a 2859 5K. (laughs) What? Yeah. What? Isn't that awesome? 
Yes, it's amazing. Oh, that's a lovely surprise. (laughs) Um, So that was good. I ended up getting about five and a half miles in total in the track with my warm up and cool down. And then after that, I had a training session with a client who's been um, just starting running. Uh-huh. So like we ran a mile together once and like she's done a couple runs on her own of like a mile and she's super excited about running. So when I showed up today, she's like, can we run today? And I was like, yes. And so we decided that she's, she wants to do a um, 5k in the fall. So she's just going to do like a mile on her own twice during the week. And then when we train together on Saturdays, we're going to do a little bit of a longer run. So today we did a mile and a half together just keeping it really easy and she did so great like it was like nothing for her to go from a mile to a mile and a half just keeping it nice and easy and I'm just so proud of her and she's had like knee problems and her knees were have been fine through the through the running so I think the strengthening is helping too and it was just such a nice like little recovery run so it was another mile and a half added onto my like (laughs) mileage for the day so I got like seven miles in running today but yeah, it was it was really good, and her and it was faster. Like that mile and a half we did together was like a minute and a half per mile faster than the first mile that we did. So um, that's even cooler. Yeah, so it's like super progress. Yeah, so I was I was so excited for her, and okay, we're probably gonna do the St. Charles Children's Home 5K, which is the uh, running nuns race, <laughs> 5K race okay. that I like to do. And um, that's on Labor Day, so it'll be the weekend of the um, triathlon, or the week before. Of the, yeah, the yeah, week. Yeah. But it'll be fine because I'm running it with her, nice and easy. So mm-hmm. it, you know, it won't be me racing a 5K or anything like that. So that's exciting. That was my training. It was nice, solid week, and. My hormones are working again. <laughs> I'm feeling good about my training. Like the the coolest thing is like I've been on a high all day like since that track workout because as much as I don't like doing speed work and I do not like 800s, <laughs> um, I can I can tell even though it's was still hard that I'm getting fitter because I was running double the distance of my 400s at essentially the same pace like maybe like a couple seconds slower but essentially the same pace so I'm just so I'm just so happy to see like my fitness improving and you know like I I checked out some um possible race times based on my mile time and it's right I'm right on track for where I want to be for like right now I'm at like 430 marathon you know assuming I was marathon trained yeah 430 marathon and um like 28 29 minute 5k sub one hour 10k if I wanted to do that which I don't right now <laughs> but because 10ks are the worst we all know <laughs> yes I'm gonna wait until I'm really fit to do a 10k <laughs> and it's nice and cool and nice and flat and you know how I love perfect race conditions so <laughs> so yeah and I don't know I talked about my long run with Diane I must have because we talked on Sunday yeah. right yeah yeah I just saw on Strava today that that run I had a course record on my five mile loop so fast. yay yeah out of two which was me oh. on both of them <laughs> but still but you're beating uh, yourself yes I have a course record on Strava that's all I care about <laughs> so anyway really great week of training I'm excited for next week how have things been going for you pretty good so Monday night is the women's group ride here that's no drop and so I wanted to go out with them 
and I got caught up with work stuff and ended up being a little bit late. So I got there after they had left and I spent the whole ride catching up, which is fine because I figured I probably could because I usually stop about halfway. And I was like, if nothing else, I'll just turn around if they pass me going the opposite way yeah. and that'll work out because I knew my goal was to get between 15 and 20 miles. And that was what I wanted to do. Well, so I did 19.7 miles at my fastest ever. <laughs> it was such a good ride. And what I didn't realize is that trail, it's called the White Pine Trail, and it goes between a couple cities, is the way we go, I think going north, is all uphill. Yeah. So I'm like, this feels terrible. Like, this is just up and up. Like, I feel like I'm going so slow, but I'm working so hard. And then on the way back is all downhill. So I got up to like 25 miles an hour, 24 miles an hour going. I was like, yes, this feels so good. And the group leader, she's like, don't tell anybody I did this, but do you want to sprint? I was like, yes, let's sprint. And that's when I got up to the 24 miles an hour. But uh, what does sprint mean on a bike? Uh, super really high turnover and like it's for running. Yeah. Oh, no, that's what I did. I took <laughs> running, sprinting, and just applied it to biking. <laughs> but you're in a high gear, right? I don't know. I was in the same gear. I didn't change my gear. I just started pedaling faster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it was super fun. Yay. And it was just a good ride. I felt really good doing it. And um, yes. I think that it's awesome that you know, you got there late and you still like went and did it and caught up to them. Whereas like, I feel like sometimes you might've just gone home. <laughs> yes. So I don't mean to laugh at that, but it, that is something that you've done before. <laughs> yes, it is. And I was very, there were a couple times, like when I knew I was going to be late just because of work, I thought a couple times, I'm like, I'm just not gonna, you know, it'll be fine. I'll just reschedule it. And I was like, no, I need to get this ride in. It's on an out and back trail, so it doesn't really matter, and it's paved. So I'm just going to get there when I get there, and it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And so I am sad because there's only two more weeks left of the women's ride. Oh. But it works out. So I did that Tuesday. I had my gym bag with me, go to the gym because open swim doesn't start until 7.30 p.m. during the weeks. I get all the way to the gym, Sue, mm -hmm. and pool's closed. Oh, I know. I was very sad about that. And yesterday I had made plans with somebody and the time kept getting pushed back and it screwed up my whole schedule because they didn't end up coming to see me till nine o'clock. And I was like, look, if you had told me before that you were going to be late, I would have gone and done my swim ahead of time. Right. Because originally it was six and then it was seven and then it was 830. Right. I was like, at any point, could you have updated me on this? Because I would have swam. But it was minor. Um, I set my alarm for the morning, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It has not been successful yet. But my alarm is at least going off in the morning for me <laughs> to do things. So maybe it's going to like eventually work for that. So I'm hoping. But um, What time are you setting your alarm for? Six. And have you thought about, like, setting your clothes out for your workout? Yes. My next goal is to just sleep in my clothes. <laughs> See I if that helps. Sleep in my bathing suit because these were both for pool swims. So it's like I have my gym bag packed and everything, Sue. Mm -hmm. And then one night, 
Tuesday night. Yeah, because it would have been yesterday morning. I didn't sleep well. Mm -hmm. Like I had nightmares and I went to bed early and everything. And then I just slept terribly. And so when I was awake, I was like, this just doesn't feel good. And today I slept through the alarms. Like I snoo, I just turned it off straight. Didn't even realize I did. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's like I'm trying and then stuff keeps getting in the way. But the podcast timing works perfectly because the pool doesn't open till 730. So right after the podcast, my gym bag's already packed. (laughs) I'm just going to go swim because I have no other plans. Right. And then I knew I hadn't been able to get my two swims in. So I went and ran on lunch today. Nice. How'd that go? It was good. It was by the temperature. It should have been a great run because it said it was only 76 outside. Only. <laughs> well, it's still like 90 something in North Carolina. There's no lunchtime runs happening. Either. We were up to 90 today. This is why I get up at 530 and run then because I like 76. That's brutal for me. And it does get up to 90 here. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm just, you know, well, you know what I was thinking though, like, the, the half iron's going to suck because not only is the run like super hilly half marathon, but I'm going to be running at like mm, one in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be hot. <laughs> but yeah, no, like I eventually I have to do more um, hot runs. I'm not looking forward to it. But anyway, you were saying it was only 76. <laughs> yep. But I ran two and a half miles. Nice. Actually, that doesn't seem right. But I averaged 1030 miles. Nice. For the two and a half miles, yes. That was 2.57. So yeah, just over two and a half miles because I wanted to do about 30 minutes of running was my goal Mm -hmm. just because it was on my lunch break. So yeah, 1038. And that was with a little bit of walking Mm -hmm. thrown in there just because we have terrible hills, like the route that's right by... The house is awful with hills. Mm -hmm. And then it got hot. That's really what got to me. And I'm looking now, Garmin tells me it was 81, which makes a lot more sense because it didn't feel like 76. (laughs) I was like, this is, there were a couple breezes, but when I was not in the shade and there was no breeze, I was like, this is hot on my face. Like I can feel the sun on my shoulders and my face. This Mm -hmm. is not fun. But I got out there and did it. And that was my goal. I have... Open water swim and bike planned for Saturday morning at the lake where I where my triathlon was. So it's a good deep lake. Mm-hmm. And I'll be able to go. What else? I'm missing something. Oh, I'm going to swim tonight. And I signed up for another Olympic zoo before the one in Maine. What? When? Next weekend. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, But are you... Oh. <laughs> so no no okay but don't it's with my team triumph so what it is is it's we get to go first and we're doing it as a group so it's more about completing than anything else and if nothing else i don't have to do the swim i can i know i'm trained to do the bike and run for sure but um that's why i'm doing the open water swim this weekend and good. i'm swimming in the pool good 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 tonight I think that's great. I think you should do the swim, assuming that you do the open water this weekend, because I think you can use all the open water practice you can get. I think that's great you're doing another Olympic. I'm jealous because I want to do another Olympic, but yet I don't want to spend the money and 
because I'm doing this with a charity, it was only $25. Nice. And so um, you don't get all the benefits of necessarily doing the Olympic. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'll get a medal, and I don't think I get, like, the regular race shirt and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I do get to be at the event. And it's really cool because it's a full and half iron as well as an Olympic out here in Grand Rapids. Nice. So I'll get to see like a whole full race day event thing going on. Yay. Yeah, I was really excited about that. There will be athletes out all day long. And we don't start until 830, I think, is my start time next Sunday. I was like, okay, that's manageable. I guess, because they want to get the half and full finishers done first, like in the water, which makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. So I was super excited just to be at an event that's going to have a full and half course going on because that's super inspiring. And it's like 15 minutes from me. Nice. At another lake. Yeah. So I'll get at least another open water swim in. This weekend, I'm taking my wetsuit. And I'm going to swim even if I get a little bit hot in it. But I need practice wearing the wetsuit. And then to help my shoulders, I'm going kayaking on Sunday. Kayaking. Yeah. Awesome. Fun. Yeah. So I'll be out and about doing stuff and still exercising. Um, Saturday, I had a run planned. So I'm not sure if after my swim... I'm going to bike or run, or if I'm going to just cut the bike short and then run too. It really just depends on what I feel like doing after the swim and how long it takes. Sure. So that's my goal. I'm super excited. The bike ride went really well, which just gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah. You did amazing. So I'm looking at your Strava segments. (laughs) One of your miles was 17.8 miles per hour for a full mile. Did you know that? (laughs) No, I didn't. I didn't look that much at the segments, but. Uh, You got another segment that was a mile that's 15.1 miles per hour. Um, You averaged 13.4 over the whole ride. You have a couple segments on here that are 14 miles per hour, 14 and a half. You, I killed this ride. I am so proud of you. I will tell you, too, part of, like, we would have been faster a little bit, especially the going up part, because I saw my my first two five-mile segments averaged about 12 miles an hour, and that's because I had to do a lot of stopping for every crossing mm-hmm. for the road, and so it just slowed me down because I didn't stop my watch or anything, Sure. and when you're in a group, it's a lot easier to cross the road, mm-hmm. because either they'll stop or other people can look and just be like, it's clear, instead of you necessarily having to stop completely and look yourself and I just didn't have that ability and this trail because it's close to a city has a ton of just side street crossings Mm -hmm. so there you're always crossing and I was just like really another road crossing can I just keep going (laughs) like why do I have to at some point are you going to do a ride like with traffic before your next olympic I mean, my sprint was with traffic, and that was fine. Okay. So you're comfortable with it? It's not going to be? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so that was cool. Um, Yeah. Well, that sounds like that was a good week for you. It was. You got some biking in. You got some running in. You're going to swim tonight. Awesome. Yes, 100% going to swim tonight. One, because I really want to. 
And my goal, Sue, is to do 800 yards without stopping. Just take it nice and easy. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's exactly it. That's what I want to do. So even if it's just because um, I don't want to break or even if I do like 400 yards without stopping and then break or 200 yards, my goal is to do not stop every pool length. Okay. I'm going to give you a little tip and this is probably terrible advice, but it helps when you're, when you're learning um, uh-huh. that when you turn your head out of the water to breathe, take the time to like turn your head almost so that you're looking up to the ceiling. You can get in a lot of air. Like okay. it doesn't have to be a quick breath. Like when, when you're swimming fast, like in a race, you probably just turn your head to the side, get a little bit of breath. Like that's fine. But like when you're learning, like learn to take longer breaths and and then exhale completely nice and slowly under the water so that you're not like holding in the carbon dioxide either. You don't want to hold your breath while you're underwater. So, um, but I'm sure, you know, that that's all stuff that's going to come with practice. But just if you focus on getting a lot of air in in each breath, then that will help. Just try not to lift your head vertically and just you're just turning it more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. But that'll help hopefully with the endurance. And just take it slow and easy. And I wish I could be there with you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Awesome job. So looking ahead to next week. Why do I, why am I never prepared for this part? I don't know why I never have the training plan up. Maybe because I never look at it. (laughs) Yeah, I really don't refer to this plan at all. Because my bikes generally tend to be like bike to work and back, and there's usually some comfortably hard in there. My swims are much longer distances than what's on here. Um, where are we on here? It's August 8th, so we are on the last week of the third month. Um, so next week will be the last month of training. Um, so what's on the plan for this week? Um, oh, this weekend I didn't mention. I'm planning on um, tomorrow I'm going to do the Pumpkin Man half course bike course again by myself. So it'll be 53 miles solo. And then I'm going to do a run after the bike, however much distance I can manage. I want to try to do it uh, like at least a little bit on those hills. So I'm hoping four or five miles if I have the energy at that point. And then we're going up to camp, and then I'm planning on doing my long run Sunday. I'm going to go for 12 miles. Next week on the plan, we have rest day on Monday. Tuesday is bike 45 minutes moderate with two-mile transition run. Wednesday is swim 1,600 yards moderate. I mean, I'll probably do what I did again Next week, I'm going to do what I did this week, which is swim 2,000 on Monday and then swim 1,000 on Wednesday. Unless one of those days I can't get a workout in, in which case I just aim for one day of 2,000. Thursday is bike 45 minutes moderate and 15 minutes comfortably hard. Friday is run 4 miles moderate and 2 miles comfortably hard. Saturday is bike 55 miles moderate which that's going to be different for me because I'm doing 53 tomorrow. So I think next Saturday I'll probably go for like 40, like cut it back a little bit because the following week I'm going to go up to 60. And then Sunday was a brick workout planned, which I'm not doing that specific brick workout. I mean, I don't know if you're planning on following this plan. I'm not really on this plan anymore if you haven't figured out why all of my workouts are different. Um... 
But the, I haven't followed it either, to be fair. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so it's like, should we, do we even bother discussing it at this point? The brick workout planned on the training plan was swim 20 minutes, bike 40 minutes, and run 20 minutes all at race pace. But honestly, like for the, for the distance that we're doing, I don't feel like that's going to be even close to adequate brick workouts. So what I'm going to do is just the bike and the run, as I already explained. And then next week when I cut back for the bike for 40 miles, I'll do a longer run hope maybe like six or eight like I don't I don't even know what I could do I just got to get used to running long after biking but we'll see so yeah so it's peak training so that's what we are going to talk about tonight peaking for the big race going into the last month of training this is where we're hitting like the most volume in the training plan where we need to like get it together or at least I need to get it together (laughs) for the half iron for sure So this is an article from Ironman.com called Peaking for the Big Race, and it's written by, I believe it's Matt Fitzgerald. Yes, it is, by Matt Fitzgerald. The basic goal of triathlon training is to achieve peak fitness on the day of your most important race. Peaking is a vital component of triathlon success for the simple reason that the human body is not designed to maintain its highest level of endurance performance potential for a prolonged period of time. In order to reach this level, you need to train hard for many weeks, and no athlete can train hard year-round. There always comes a point where additional hard training fails to produce additional gains in fitness. A fitness peak comes when a triathlete eases up just short of the stagnation point, takes it easy for a week or two in order to allow the body to completely absorb recent training and achieve a well-rested state, and then races. After this, you need to rest a little more and start the whole training process once again from the top. Your next fitness peak will be higher than the last because it will build on the progress you have recently made. That's assuming that you continue to do (laughs) races one after the other. Among the biggest challenges of the sport of triathlon is achieving a true fitness peak at just the right time. Here are some guidelines for doing this. Ramp up gradually. One very effective but seldom discussed way to ensure that you achieve the highest possible state of fitness by race day is to construct relatively long training programs that build your fitness as gradually as possible without stalling. The ideal is to increase your training workload just enough from one week to the next, not counting recovery weeks, which are essential, so that the increase represents a legitimate challenge that will stimulate further adaptations. If you ramp up faster, you may in fact gain fitness faster at first, but you will more quickly arrive at a point where one or more of your body's systems reach a temporary limit of their adaptive potential such that you peak at a lower level of performance potential than you would have done had you taken your time. An Ironman training program designed to yield a true peak performance should last at least 30 weeks. I think that's for a full Ironman, though. (laughs) Yes. Train progressively. Construct training programs in which different types of training are emphasized at different times, and each phase builds on the results of the previous. Specifically, your training program should be divided into three phases of roughly equal length. In the base phase, the focus is on building general endurance by performing a gradually increasing volume of low to moderate intensity training, 
and on improving swim, bike, and run technique with drills and short sprints. In the intensity phase, mix in some high-intensity interval workouts. In the peak phase, continue to do some high-intensity work, but the emphasis will shift toward longer intervals that are close to race pace. Taper properly. The period of relative rest that precedes a race is called a taper. A well-executed taper increases your blood volume, maximizes carbohydrate fuel storage, increases aerobic enzymes, and enhances tissue repair, thereby rendering you better prepared for a peak performance. For short races, your taper period can last four days to a week. For somewhat longer events, a week to two weeks of tapering is typical when a peak performance is sought. For long-distance events, the taper can last two or three weeks. Reduce your training volume by 30 to 40% per week of tapering. For example, if you're tapering two weeks for a peak half Ironman triathlon and you did 20 hours of training in the last heavy week before the taper, you might do about 13 hours of training in the first week of tapering and about eight hours in the final seven days before the race. That's really interesting. Hmm. Carbo load. Carbohydrate loading is a strategy to maximize glycogen storage in the muscles and liver prior to endurance competition for the sake of maximizing energy availability. The original carbo-loading protocol called for three or more days of super high carbohydrate consumption. I remember when you did that the first time. It was helpful. Yes, which is onerous. But researchers at the University of Western Australia have recently devised a new carbo-loading protocol that takes only one day instead of the usual three, yet provides the same results. Hmm. On the morning of the day before a race, do a few hard intervals to deplete your muscle glycogen supplies slightly and stimulate a carbohydrate sponging effect. During the next 24 hours, consume 10 to 11 grams of carbohydrate per pound of body weight. Normally, endurance athletes should take in about 7 grams per pound per day. In an experiment, this new protocol resulted in a 90% increase in muscle glycogen storage. Okay, here's my question. It says the morning of the day before a race, do a few hard intervals to deplete your glycogen supplies slightly. Does not specify if that's running, biking, or swimming. So I just assumed running because that's what I'm used to. But does that adequately restore your glycogen for swimming and biking? Yeah, because glycogen's the same in all your muscles. It's just it or the way it does, like glycogen... It gets used up evenly between all the muscles? I think. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. Well, let's Google. Where is glycogen stored? It's stored in your muscles. (laughs) But I just don't know, like, if it depletes evenly. I know that your liver glycogen is depleted first, and then your muscle glycogen is depleted after that. But I don't know if you're using just your legs, are you depleting the glycogen in your arms? Synthesis or breakdown of glycogen? Are you looking it up? Oh, yeah. Glycogen depletion and endurance exercise. So while you're looking at that, let's just look at this last paragraph here. The final ingredient. There is also a mental component to peaking. You want to come to the starting line feeling confident and ready. Achieving this mental state can be as easy as actually being well prepared physically, which you will be if you follow all of the above recommendations, not letting irrational doubts tell you otherwise. All right. Thank you, Matt Fitzgerald. 
Now, did you find out any additional info? (laughs) It says the athlete performs a very short, extremely high intensity workout, such as a few minutes of sprinting, then consumes 12 grams of carbohydrate per kilogram of lean mass. And this is referencing the same University of Western Australia study. Does that answer the question? It says just very short, extremely high intensity workouts, such as a few minutes of sprinting. Right, but that's that doesn't say if it's depleting glycogen from all muscles or if it's just... Do you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, here's an article. Muscle glycogen, does resistance training deplete its system... Oh, that's like weight training. Systemically or only in the muscles used at the time? Assessment of muscle glycogen can only be accurately determined via muscle biopsy or natural abundance um, magnetic resonance spectroscopy. So to answer your question of is there a rapid practical test to assess overall muscle muscle glycogen amounts or percentage of fullness, not really, no. <laughs> Muscles cannot exchange the glycogen stores they have between one another. They lack an enzyme called whatever, meaning once the glycogen is stored in the muscle, it cannot be removed again until it is used. The liver, however, does have this enzyme. But the main question comes back to why you would want to assess glycogen levels in the first place. Um, I have an article that says muscle glycogen levels remain high throughout the night because it can't leave the cells and muscle isn't consuming it. However, muscle preferentially consumes its own glycogen stores. So if you're using that muscle, you're consuming the glycogen from that muscle. Yes. Well... I guess if you think about it, how much glycogen storage do you need for the swimming portion of the race, right? You eat breakfast, you're fueling basically your swim off of that. So whether you have glycogen in your arms and your back, maybe not as relevant as how much glycogen you have in your legs anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. Because you're fueling that and both the bike and the swim use your muscles, your leg muscles, or the bike and the run. Yeah. Use those leg muscles. So I would work on doing a anything that deplete leg muscles. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Good talk. <laughs> Sue and Megan try to figure out how biology works. <laughs> All right. If anybody has any additional info, <laughs> please let us know. Yes, we would love it. Runagirlspodcast at gmail.com. So I think that's about it. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? No, but I did want to reassure you. Yeah? Because the only reason I said yes to the swim is because the girl who is leading our swim for the Olympic, she does about two-minute hundreds when she's not pulling a boat with a person in it. So that's like her normal time Yeah, is two-minute 100 yards Yeah, without having to pull. And she'll be pulling a person in a boat. Oh, you're so, not you're not doing the swim? No, I'm going to do the swim, but only one person pulls. So the way it works for the triathlon. Right, but that, okay. I mean, I'm still concerned about you swimming. <laughs> no, but I was trying to reassure you that it will be much slower. Yeah. Like it's not going so to be. you're swimming at her pace is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Which will be slower than two minutes per 100 yard. Well, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Because I can't swim that fast. Um, good, good to know. Because <laughs> I don't want you stressing. No, I'm not. I'm not going to stress because I know, like you, you know, you got through your sprint swim, right? So you did that. Yes. 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 
And this is not a two time around thing, which I think mentally will help a lot better. Yeah. And you won't be like all by yourself either because you'll be with a group. Yes. So no matter what. Do they have a rule about you holding on to the boat? I don't know. I'm going to have to ask. Most triathlons, like they'll let you rest on a kayak, but you can't like it can't allow to help you move forward. So that's why I'm wondering. Well, we don't qualify for age group awards or anything. Right. So I don't think they'd care because we don't get even get entered into for age group consideration. Right. Because it's more about the experience of our person with a disability. Right. Cool. Yes. Well, good. So that's kind of why. All right. One month. Yes. To the race. Four weeks. It is one month. <laughs> oh, Whoa, Sue. Yeah, it's exciting. And, you know, the last two weeks are taper, so it's really only two weeks of training, if you think about it. Does that help or no? (laughs) I mean, I'm not probably going to, like, taper, taper, for real, for real, because, well, I haven't been doing the amount of activity required to require a taper. (laughs) So you're going to probably continue however much activity. Yes, Okay, just don't increase that last week before the race too much. You know no, what I mean? Don't I do anything crazy. I would just try to maintain. Yeah. Um, and I'll be decreasing a little bit that last week anyway because I'll be in North Carolina yeah. instead. So it'll be a, a hot mess as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last week I'm not worried about. Just, yeah, next three weeks training. And then the last week is race week. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. All right, that's enough for now. I'll continue where I left off next week. (laughs) All right, great job this week, Megan. What are you going to do after we're done recording? Get out there and swim while in there. Get in there and swim? (laughs) Yeah, because I'll be in the pool inside. (laughs) Right. Awesome. All right, bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. If you want to share anything, comments, questions, or your runs, you can email us at runnergirlspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at facebook.com slash runnergirlspodcast. Tweet to us at runnergirlsshow. Tag us on Instagram at runnergirlspodcast. Or call the hotline at 207-200-3297. Download episodes at runnergirlspodcast.com, iTunes, and Stitcher. Thanks for listening. Now go outside and run.